Nick, stop metagaming and go on the suicide mission. Oh, I'm gonna do it naked! I Eat a dick! So... Hey there, it's your GM Alex, welcoming you back to another episode of Tuesday Gaming. How are you doing today? That's great. We have some pretty cool news uh, this week. If you uh, are so inclined to go over to RadioRadioX.com, you might just find a little article, and there might just be a certain podcast featured in that article, and it might just be Swiss Army Scorpion. It's a lot of ifs. I really hope it ends up being that, because I'll look like a fool if it's not. But seriously, a little while ago, we got interviewed by a magazine called Experience. That's a letter X. Experience. Just a little interview about uh, actual play podcasts and how they're becoming more popular, how their dynamic is making tabletop roleplay gaming more popular. It was it was cool. Hope you go check it out and uh, go check out Experience Magazine and Radio Radio X while you're at it. Anyway, as always, you can check us out on all the usual places: iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean. Our own website. You can send us an email. Check us out on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And don't forget, you can always send us money on Patreon. We're slowly gaining support on Patreon, and pretty soon we might just uh, be able to start funding some more exciting projects. God willing. But that's enough from me. Please enjoy episode 64 Cramming for the Heist. Coochie, welcome back to Tuesday Gaming. We are Swiss Army Scorpion. Everybody's level eight. Let's talk about it. Woo! Who wants to go first? I will. Go ahead, Andrew. I have. I don't have much to say, which is perfect. Uh, <laughs> so I got some more spells per day. Uh, the plus one to any skill, or sorry, to any attribute I put into intelligence, so it give me a plus two and got me some more skill checks. Nice. Or skill points. Uh, the one cool ability I got. Let me look up exactly how it works. Yes, Lightning Lord. So at Sounds wimpy. Uh, eighth level, yeah, it is a little wimpy. Um, <laughs> I can call down a number of bolts of lightning per day equal to my cleric level. Uh, I can call down as many as I want during a single standard action, but no creature can be target of more than one bolt, and no two targets can be more than thirty feet apart. Otherwise, it functions as call lightning. So it does three d six damage or three d eight if we're in stormy weather. That's huh. pretty awesome. Like. Yeah. You're not going to hit any one opponent for like a huge amount of damage, but you can just be like stormy weather and I just want to blow my load 24d8 spread across the battlefield. Yeah. Right now yeah. let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like if we're if if we're on a deck, I can I can cause some serious damage if we're ever fighting in the storm. Yeah. What action uh, economy did it cost for you to send it off? Standard. It's a standard action. <laughs> okay. So it's it's just another good uh, yeah. outlet for me to deal electrical damage, and it will be like sometimes if there's a cluster of dudes, it's worth it for me to just drop four bolts and hit four people for three d six or three d eight. But it's also nice the uh, extra spells per day are extremely useful. So because mm-hmm. I do have a lot of like like so now I can always have calm air as a prepared spell because it's a fourth level spell, but I wanted to have my damage spells too. Right. So now like if we hit if the ship hits stormy weather, I can cast calm air to help make it not that bad. Nice. No, it it was a decent level. All right, cool. Who wants to go next? Uh, I guess I can match Andrews. Uh, that's all that really matters yeah <laughs> uh not much goes up either for uh for scram here uh wizards didn't get anything but my one attribute point uh in ability scores went up in decks so it is now from a thir- oh wait what did i do I don't know. You added one, Tom, so it shouldn't be that complicated. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Somehow it turned complicated. All right, well, Tom's trying to figure out what he did. Does anybody else want to (laughs) go? Sure. So for Hood's ability point, I put that into Constitution, taking me from a total of 17 to 18. That's cool. Now, are you sure about that? Because apparently that can get really complicated. Nope, I think I got that down. (laughs) Oh, that's a relief. So Slayer at 8th level gets another Slayer talent, which 
Matt can give you the technicalness of it, but it basically got turned into vital strike feet. Okay. Um, which will be very nice for when I'm stealth. Now, one of our house rules is that you take the vital strike feat once, and it'll scale with your base attack bonus instead of needing to take improved vital strike at base attack bonus plus 11, then greater vital strike at base attack bonus plus 16. Basically, every time you get an additional turret of attack, you're then, uh, you then qualify for the next vital strike feat, which for the same standard action tacks on an additional damage die and it just stacks with itself but with the house rule you just take vital strike once and each time your base stack bonus reaches that new threshold you just get your it. vital strike automatically stacks again that's cool did you get anything else yep i went my base attack bonus went up by one which is always nice yeah. uh my fort and reflex went up by one and then other than that it was pretty much just skill points okay tom how you doing over there I got it. Okay. So uh, uh, my one ability score went up in dex. Went from a 15 to a 16, So, which means that the mod goes up to 3. So my AC goes up. It's almost like I don't need mage armor anymore. No, you don't. Nope. You, you, you definitely armor. still need mage armor. Oh, okay. <laughs> I still need mage armor. You stop you right your, there, your dex does not lower <laughs> your benefit from mage armor. It adds to it. <laughs> Tom's like, oh, I did what Mage Armor is going to do, so I won't use it. Yeah. If anything, you just made Mage Armor a better option. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I had a few skills go up, but I also had a couple of fun fourth level spells go into my spell book. Yeah. Oh, there's one really fun one that I want to share. Okay. Uh, it is called uh, Trade Items. Now, the way how trade items works is if I have an object in my hand, I can trade it out with a similar object. Uh, it doesn't even need to be similar. The DC just goes up or down, depending on how similar the objects are, with an object my opponent is holding. Uh, so, for example, if it's a really magical sword and I want it, I can, uh, as long as the sword doesn't beat the DC... I can uh, take the sword. Well, to be fair, the, <laughs> the sword wouldn't be making the DC. No, it says the object. I know, but if an object is being held by a person, the person makes the DC. Yes. Really? An attended yes. object does not make the save. The person holding it makes the save. Wait, it says that the target of the spell is the object. Right. But anytime you're targeting an object that is being held by somebody, the person holding it makes the save. It's a fun spell, it sounds like. Yeah, uh, that's not a spell I'm going to see coming. Just remember, though, Tom, you have to have something in your hand to trade it, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, so you got to stock actually, up on some uh, like shitty daggers or something. Yeah, I actually plan on uh, carrying around a couple of uh, items. Carry dynamite. <laughs> right. Dynamite. Light it on fire and then switch it with other people's stuff. Dude, I was just picturing the, <laughs> that'd the, be pretty funny. The target has has to make the will save. So like ideally your best bet would be using it on someone who has like a really bad save, like a like a child or like something. A <laughs> Give me that candy. <laughs> Take a candy. Give me that candy. <laughs> Gives him a razor. Here you go, kid. Now now alternatively, you could use this spell on one of your party members who can willingly fail their save. It'd be more niche uh, situations, right? Sure. But you could potentially like it's like, hey, we're going into this uh, into this special meeting. No weapons, only Devoth's allowed. Devoth's like, that's okay. I just have a rubber sword. It's fine. <laughs> but Scram's got the real sword, and after the meeting hap- uh, takes place, he uses the the spell to switch the the items. Right. After or during. Whenever. I'm not going to tell Tom how to do his job. I mean, so. I, I think if it happens after during, sounds like what that's he would going do, to end the meeting, and it will then be after. <laughs> so, Scram, are you going to divulge your second spell to us? Or are you going to be a huge pussy and keep it to yourself? I'll divulge it. Why wow, not? thanks. Uh, my next one is Fleshworm Infestation. Uh, this is a fun one. I don't like that. It does 1d6 of damage. And then that's if they fail the fortitude save. And if they fail the fortitude save, it takes 1d6 uh, damage plus 
it takes two dex damage for every uh, round it fails its fortitude save. What's the DC? My normal DC. So it's, it's the same. DC yeah. 19 for a fourth level spell. It's an evil, it's an evil spell, Tom. Tasty. Scram cool with that? Scram is pretty cool with that. Scram's okay with Scram's that. Scram's like pretty evil. <laughs> I mean, he, he was born into a cult of a demon. He's got to have a little evil in him. Yeah, yeah that's true. That backstory really... Technically, he is him. the demon. <laughs> yeah. As much as he fights against it, there's a little evil in there. Yeah. <laughs> and when has he been this sweet, lovable child at any point? <laughs> <laughs> Most of my attacks, like, stack on top of each other. Like, I got the flaming sphere going, the... All this the stuff fact going. that does ability damage every round. If they meet the DC, does it just does it go away? Uh, if they meet the DC, it does. Oh, on top of that, actually, the uh, the character becomes staggered if they fail. Uh, if they pass, uh, the uh, the person just becomes sickened for one round. So worst case scenario, they're sickened for a round. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like or yep. And then potentially here's dex damage and you're staggered. That's sweet. Staggered, they can't do anything, right? Staggered, they can either make a standard action or a move action. All right, cool. Uh, who wants to go next? Um, I'll go, because I got a ton of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I max rolled my HP. No big deal. Let's just start there. Very nice. And uh, What's your total? I got an extra ability point in intellect, which put me up to 16, so now I'm at plus three. So just nice. more skills, more everything. And I got a second tattoo, which is a third level spell that's inscripted on me, and that I can activate once per day. My first one was invisibility, and my second one will be seen later. Also, I got uh, iterative attacks, so I get to attack again with my fucking book. So you get booked once, and then you get booked again in the same fucking turn. And Matt discovered two teamwork feats that I hadn't gotten before. Not because I don't know what I'm doing, but I just, uh, they must be new or something. Anyways, outflank. So now I get a plus four flanking bonus, which is insane. And coordinated maneuvers. I get plus two on my combat maneuvers. And I can change that second one once per day. So look forward now, to some sick team feet coming from old Cheryl. As a uh, an Inquisitor, you treat all of your allies as if they had those feats as well, which enables you to use them even though the allies don't actually gain the benefits of them unless they actually took those feats. Right. Right. So Cheryl's flanking with Devoth. Devoth is getting the standard plus two to flank, but Cheryl has the outflank feat and gets the benefits of it as if Devoth also had it, which gives him another plus two to attack versus the flanked target. Basically, flank is fucking gold. And I always want to be flanking at this point. It's ridiculous. Now, just remember um, to get the coordinated maneuvers to work. You need to be adjacent to an ally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got. I haven't really fleshed that. I'm not as excited about that one. Outflank, I'm just like over the moon about. All right. Okay, you ready for this? Last one. There's. Yeah. You thought I was done, but there's more. My fate augury, which before was like, yeah, okay, that's pretty interesting. Comes up sometimes, but everyone was like, yeah, but why didn't you take the heal one? The heal one's so good. Yes. Why didn't so you now, my fate inquisition, after I cast it, uh, I get bonuses until the end of my next combat based on what the result was. So if I say, you know, I do my augury and the result comes back, uh, that's a good idea. My cures are plus one D10 HP for well, until the end of next combat. And it's not just your cures. It's any it's any healing spell that targets you d- heals an extra one D10. Just him? Just him. Oh, I thought I could heal other people plus one D10. It's only no, me. Th- these are all just self buffs that you get after using your own. All right, well, so... the next two are even better. So hold on a second. Okay, you got more? Yep. If it's bad, then I can melee plus 1d6 damage, and I get those two attacks, so that one's fucking nuts. And if it's nothing or good and bad, I get plus 2 AC. Fucking just for augurying. So I'm picturing, like, Cheryl's like, hey, Phrasma, you know, <laughs> what's the answer to this question? You know, it could be important or not. It doesn't really matter anymore. And Phrasma would be like, here's the answer to this question. Also, here's a sneak peek at a fight you're going to be in. And, like, that's what is creating these mechanics behind the buffs. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, for asthma, like, it's just extra foresight 
that you're getting from Phrasma that just happens to only apply to your next combat. You could even game the system a little bit with that be like, hey, Phrasma, would it be a good idea for me to jump off this cliff knowing <laughs> that she's going to say, no, that's a terrible idea, so you can get the 1d6 yeah. bonus attack damage? Yeah. <laughs> no, it'd be a terrible idea. Also, make sure you swing to the left on that next guy that you're going to fight. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, thanks. Hey, and also... Phrasma. Just wondering. Um, <laughs> Phrasma, stop wasting my time, you asshole. Here, take this block. Get out of my face. <laughs> now, I don't think I don't think that's everything. Because you're when you uh, when you do that book enhancement now, you oh, get an additional right. plus one. Yeah, that's right. So book, I usually pick bane, but now I can bane and other stuff, or just plus two. All right, Devoth, level eight. What do you got? All right. Well. Level 8 was pretty damn nice for Devoth. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Uh, For my ability point, I put that into Constitution, which brought me from 15 to 16, including my new belt that I got from Scramble a while back. Now, real quick, I remember at the very beginning of Book 2, everybody was level 4, and Devoth was, like, really lagging with hit points because Matt just kept rolling shit. Yeah. Yeah. And... He was like, all right, I put my one, my fourth level ability point into Constitution, which I think brought it to like 13. Yeah. And you're like, that doesn't help me right now. But, you know, next one, it'll, it'll be really helpful. So I was like, yeah, you just got to survive four more levels. Everyone's like, ha, 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 ha. But here we are. <laughs> yeah. You made it to level eight. It's like 10 months of real time. What do, you yeah. have in, what do you have as your Constitution right now? Right now it's 16, because I'm getting the plus two from the belt that you made me. Okay. And I've added two ability points from fourth and eighth level. What's your Did HP? you finally surpass the wizard? Yeah. I, I am now past Graham. I'm oh. confident I am past Graham. My current HP is 64. Oh, hey, that's yeah, what I'm mine is. <laughs> I, you really five. are moving up, Devon. Yeah. You with went the... from tied with the caster to tied with the ranger. <laughs> but yeah, I do re- right. I do recall. For this level, I, I you know... As a Scald, I roll a D8 for health. I remember rolling a 6 and being pretty happy about that. And then Tom next to me rolls his dice as a wizard rolling a D6 and rolls a fucking (laughs) 6. I have witnesses. Um, What's Tuck Tuck and Cheryl's health, just out of curiosity? I think Cheryl's a 65. Oh, yeah. And Tuck Tuck is 52. Cheryl, we lead him by 1. Yep. It's the girth. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so on top of my con going up a little bit, which is more health, which makes Devoth more beefy, which is always nice, uh, my base attack bonus also went up to six, which grants me the iterative attacks, just like Cheryl. Yes! But the the best thing about Scald level eight is the increase to my inspired rage. Oh, so bright. Dude, I thought I leveled up. Like I, I feel like I got something with that. Like a huge boom. We all Everyone I'm got saying, something with this. It's so good. How is it that boom. good? How is it that good? <laughs> so, as just a regular Scald, Inspired Rage at level 1 gives you a plus 2 to Strength and Constitution. At level 8, that bonus goes up to plus 4 in Strength and Constitution. Now, the archetype that I have is the Totemic Scald, which gives me the use of basically one animal focus from the Hunter list as my first Rage power, which is the Bullhorns, and everyone gets an extra plus 2 Strength from Rage. And now at level 8... That totemic bonus also goes up by another plus two. So whenever I do Inspired Rage, everyone is now getting plus eight strength. Oh my god! Plus four constitution. Plus three to will saves. All for the minuscule cost of one AC. And what does that mean for my HP again? Oh my god, it's true. It's going to go up by four per level, right? Two per level. Two per level. Yeah, so you get 16 16 HP when you accept the rage. With all that other shit. Does that mean that each round you're fast healing f- eight hit points now? Yeah. <gasps> oh my god, that's what? so just, brutal. Just and, to put that in and perspective. And if I live to level 11... Not happening. <laughs> <laughs> but go on. That, like, I'll take another feat called Greater Skull's Vigor, which will grant that fast healing to everyone that accepts the rage. Yeah. No, Whoa. That's no, unacceptable. So broken. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm Matt, just so you know... When I put that on, this is what you did to my strength, dex, and constitution. 22, 22, 22. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, That's fantastic. So cool. My strength score becomes a 26 when I put on rage. <laughs> oh, my God. What is the modifier on that? <laughs> Plus eight. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, Devoth, did you have anything else uh, with your level up? 
Yeah, I think that was it for Scald. Nasty. All right, then. Oh, and I got a new spell. I took the spell uh, Displacement, which when I cast it on myself or any... It's it's a range of touch, so I can cast it on someone else. When, when it is cast on a person, they then appear to be about two feet to the side of where they actually are, which in mechanical terms, grants them a 50% concealment bonus against all all things targeting them. Yeah, that's a, that's an amazing buff. Combine that with your scroll of mirror images, <laughs> and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on, we've got Scram, The Hood, and Cheryl? Yep. At Cheryl? the that's right. Uh Devoth, Tuk Tuk, and Meryl at Tessa's house. What Her. is the plan? Um, Devoth goes to work. I imagine right. we would head back to the house. I think Devoth had to be to work at midnight. So by I the time by the ta- by the time they come back to the house, Devoth will have done a shift, gotten out at eight a.m. and then gone back. You think we're getting up before eight a.m.? Well, I mean, like <laughs> if you, if you a, guys leave by like six or seven, yeah, you'll get there. Like yeah. it's like a three-hour trip. Yeah, so they'd need to leave by five. Right. In order to get there, even at the same time. So yeah, when you get back to the house, Devoth is there waiting for you. Okay. During your shift, did you have an agenda or anything? <clears throat> no, I'm just, you know, being observant, trying to keep an eye on whatever's happening in the place so I can, you know, the the more we know the schedule and routines, the better prepared we'll be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, during your shift, it is your turn to feed the Camadan. Ooh. Uh, basically, one guard goes to the double doors on the northern end of the landing and distracts Shimmeray, like knocking on it, uh, making noise. And then the other person goes through the door to C-14 and puts in the food and hopes that Shimmeray doesn't... Catch him uh, before he gets out? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, you go through that uh, procedure... It goes through uh, fairly easily. I mean, Shimmeray understands that th- these people are leaving food. So it's not like she's starving, goes like, and knows she needs to corner somebody to get food. So you, you get the feeling that there would need to be, like, something else going on. Or, like, you'd, like, have to have the door locked behind you in order to, like, be in any real danger. As long as you go in there, put the food down, and then leave. There's nothing to really worry about. As long as I'm not going in there and, like, trying to hang out with the cat. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, you go through that and no problem. All right. Uh, nothing else really uh, interesting happens during your shift. Okay. So you uh, you end your shift and you're back at Tessa's house. The other three probably show up a few hours later. Okay. I would assume probably around lunchtime or so. Yeah. So uh, Hood, Cheryl, and Scram, you guys get to Tessa's house and... Uh, you see Devoth, Tuck Tuck, and Meryl uh, just like lounging on the couches reading uh, reading some Cosmo. So when you all arrive, uh, Meryl, uh, he sees everyone's there. He's like, all right, I'm glad everyone's here. We need to discuss tactics. So you guys have been casing this place for like three or four days now. Do we have a plan? Do we have a list of priorities that we still need to get through before we have a plan? What's the situation? Well, from where I sit, it seems like the hood mapped out the third floor pretty well. Seems like the only thing he didn't really do was check Zarskia's bedroom and and whatnot. So, I don't know, just from what I've seen, I don't think the evidence we're looking for is going to be up there. I mean, it's possible, but Zarskia almost never leaves her lab. My bet is going to be that anything we need is going to be in there. You would have seen her just like... Coming down the stairs from the third floor into her lab, but yeah, she yeah. Occasionally, she'll go down to the first floor to like get food out of the kitchen. Yeah, but yeah, by and large, most of her day is spent in the lab. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's like out of an eight-hour or out of a twenty-four-hour day, she spends eight hours sleeping, fifteen hours in the lab, one hour doing other. Yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not terribly far off. This is all right. So if our new target is the lab, what is our plan? Well. I think we've got two options to get into the lab. First is going to be trying to get in under cover of night when Zarski is asleep. There's always the same number of guards on no matter what, so 
no matter when we do it, we're going to have to deal with us with this with five guards as long as we go when I'm on. So it's <laughs> if I'm not on, there's six guards. <laughs> if I'm there, there's there's five. Now, from what I understand of the the layout, the the plans that we have, there is a back way into the laboratory, but that would require us to deal with the cabinet. I think between the five of us, we could probably take it, but I don't know how long it would take and how much noise we would make, you know? If we go in at night, we can subdue the other guards, or the guard that's on the upper landing at least, pick the lock to her laboratory and see what we can find in there. Uh, She does keep it trapped though, so we either need to find a way to bypass that trap or bypass the cabinet. Uh, The other option would be to go in during the day while she's working. Uh, the hood can get in the third floor now, especially we got him uh, some slippers of spider climb that we had from our previous adventures. So we can get him invisible and he can scale right up the side of the building and uh, you know go in the same way he scouted before. He could make his way down. We subdue the guard out on the, the landing outside the lab. I knock on the lab door and then we, you know, rush through Zarskia when she comes to answer. That's one option. I'm just trying to figure out what's going to be the best one for us to use. We can either try to get through the door while it's trapped at night, or we could take Zarskia by surprise while she's in there working. If anyone has other ideas, I'm I'm open to suggestions. Nope, that seems good to me. Hmm. So I guess what it comes down to is, are you confident that you can take Zarskia down? If you were to cha- take the second option. So if she escapes, then this entire mission is forfeit. Again, between the five of us, I don't know how many of us are going to be able to get in there to fight her, but I'm fairly confident we could handle Zarskia. Uh, I, I might be able to arrange another meeting with Zarskia to get her uh, by herself. Well, mm. that's not a bad idea, because... If Scram could distract her downstairs, then we could uh, sneak into her into her laboratory and find what we need before before she gets back. In that case, that's not a bad idea. We would just need we would need the hood to basically sneak through the third floor like he did last time, come down to the first floor landing, and be ready to slip into her lab when she opens the door to come out to meet Scram. Yeah, but what? we don't even know if there's anything in her lab that's going to... That's what we need to find out. I mean, I, well, I have a strong hunch that whatever we're looking for is going to be in her laboratory. Yeah, I don't like this one bit. Not one bit. I mean, it wouldn't be that bad. We just, we would have to, uh, like I said, you you would be invisible. You wait on the, you wait outside the door. Uh, we could even get you some kind of potion or have someone cast uh, cast reduced person on you, make you little, so you can snip, slip right by. C- climb to the roof. It's all so familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I think Feeks Russ has reduced person. <laughs> <laughs> sure does. Well, yeah, we, we, we get you small and invisible. You slip into her laboratory and see what you can find, and then you slip out one of the windows, hopefully with the evidence. How long does reduced person last? It is a minute per level, but it's one of those, if you had a potion of reduced person, you could just be invisible, drink that potion whenever you needed to, and like yep. okay. do that I whenever. Like that. You, whenever. I like that. But reduced person is one minute per level, same as invisibility. And that makes me small? Yes. Yeah. Which would give you an easier time of basically acrobatics-ing your way through you know, her square without her noticing. I can't cast invisibility on myself. Um... Like I had a potion to do that, and I used it. Don't we have? I have invisibility. Yeah, I'm saying I do. We have a certain uh, priest of Phrasma that could cast invisibility. Uh, but it's so creepy. He's got to rub his tattoo while he's touching you. <laughs> Scram! Do you know reduce person? I know enlarge well, person. That's I need not one what of I them asked. to be a potion, anyways. <laughs> no. no, I do not. All right. Well, I would prefer a potion of invisibility and somebody to cast reduce person on me. I mean, if you get Cheryl to cast invisibility on you, that's eight minutes of invisibility instead of three. All right. Well, it's it's lunchtime yet. It's early. So what I'm going to do is we're going to send Scram into town to get himself a scroll of reduced person 
so that he can copy it into a spell book so he can then cast it as needed. Nice. Dipping into my savings account. A scroll of this person's like <laughs> 50 gold. <laughs> I think it's 25 gold. <laughs> 25 gold, and then I think it's like eight or something to scribe it into your spell book. All right. Yeah, I guess I go into the town. And I believe if I it's... drink a potion of reduced person, and then I'm small, and I drink a potion of reduced person, my teeny. It wouldn't stack, no. It, like I... The duration would reset, but the effect would not stack. I think if you had some other magical effect that was making you smaller, and then did a reduced person, that's, that wouldn't do it either? Nope. Okay. Uh, unless there's some like wild corner case spell or effect, it's always going to be a polymorph effect. It doesn't matter what the effects are. One poly- polymorph effect that makes you small and another polymorph effect that turns you into an animal, the small effect goes away, and okay. then you turn into an animal. Okay. So, yeah, you're only going one size category smaller, unless we... <laughs> I think there are effects that can make you like more than one size category smaller, but I think those are out of our reach at the moment. I mean, you could turn yourself into like, a tiny animal. We do have a druid that can wild shape and cast invisibility. So there we go. We can send the two of you in there. Because we, we could just send Andrew in there as like... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you serious right now? We're going to send me and Andrew in. Like, <laughs> how, how, you think I'm not going to fall for this? What the fuck is going on here? Stop. I don't, I don't like, see a problem Like, so nonchalantly. Like, oh, we have a druid. No, Nick, stop metagaming and go on the suicide mission. <laughs> hey, it's not my fault you guys made the perfect character for this mission. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Andrew probably is an even better option for this than you yeah. are, because he could turn you can at eighth level. You can turn into what just a tiny creature. No, we can do it together. Yes. Yeah, I think you can. Turn we'll into hold hands animal. and skip and sing. So, like, easiest way to do it is just to. I mean, what's an example of a tiny creature like a cat? Yeah. So we have Andrew cast invisibility on himself, wild shape into a house cat, and then he can just slip in there, unwild shape, disable whatever traps on the back of the door, and then open it for for the hood to just waltz in. Can Tok Tok cast visibility? I believe it's a druid spell. He oh. could just prepare it. You knew if you can't, Cheryl can just prepare it twice. Right. Cast on both of them. It is not a druid spell. No, it is not. Holy shit. Either way, between myself and Cheryl, one of us could cast invisibility on him. So we need uh, we need Scram to set up another meeting with Zarskia <laughs> to... Uh... <laughs> I know it was my plan, but like... Me personally, I'm not excited, but Scram, Scram's probably more like I get yeah, to be useful. This, yeah, this is this is gonna go fantastic. There's no <laughs> downturn to this whatsoever. Uh, so, Scram, are you still going out and getting a scroll of reduced person? I, am I? Honestly, <laughs> I don't think you need to anymore because we can have Tuck Tuck as a tiny creature go in rather than having to reduce the hood to just a small creature, which would be more difficult to deal with. I'm thinking I should buy something rare for her. That's probably a good idea. Just as a way to kind of be like, I I really need to like speak to her and back. Yeah. Um, Oh, Um, I do have that rod of silence that I'm not really using. I was like, you could offer that up if you wanted. You could describe like a a couple of fourth level scrolls. Those would be valuable enough to maybe get her attention. I feel like at that point, I would have to deal with uh, Taki. No, because the whole point was that you asked uh, Zarskia for information. She said, come back with your payment and some scrolls. I already dealt with that. Right, but now you're ask- Now you're going to be coming in looking for different information, so you're going to have to pay up again. Okay. And what different information is he going to be looking for? That's the next order of magnitude. My thing currently is the is the Beastmaster person. Like, well, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think. You could ask about the creature on the third floor, but there's really I, no way anyone yeah, would know about how that. How would thing. I know about that? What if like we happen to like watch one of the other guards, right, and like get him at a bar with Scram and get him drunk and get him to tell Scram that there's a creature on the third floor. The guards aren't allowed on the third floor, though. No? Wait, to feed, right? Oh, no, no, that, no, that's no. On the second Oh, yeah, floor. that's not even the... There is one idea that I had, is that I can ask for a vial of poison from the... That's not bad. Uh, from, from the, the Camadan. From the Camadan, and trade it for the Rod of Silence. 
Also, I want that poison if you get it. <laughs> that's that's not a bad idea. Say like you wanted to talk to Zarskia about the Hellcat again. No, right. The cat. Yeah, we can work with this, I think. And that's technically not a bluff. I want it. <laughs> but you, like, it's still a bluff because you're going in there for deceptive purposes, right. even if you're not actually lying oh, about this is, your actual reasons. This is reasons. terrifying. Every time is terrifying. <laughs> uh, Although, in theory, you should get bonuses to it because, like, yeah. you, you do seem as just a normal person who's already made a transaction and now looking to make a second transaction. Right. She inherently isn't going to think you're bluffing. Right. Yeah, you're not faceless God coming up with a completely new identity and yeah. motivation, everything. You're just sure. saying, I'm the same person that you just met with. Well, let's talk about poison. Yeah. All right. It seems like the best way to do this, too, is like we have Tuck Tuck go in the room as a cat or whatever, and he just unwild shapes when he gets in there, opens a window. And the hood just walks up the side of the building and in the window, and the two of you can search the room and then just hop out the window again, because Tuck Tuck can fly and the hood can just cl- crawl back down or walk back down the side of the building. All right, yeah, and give me a potion of invisibility, so or in just have she Cheryl on back. the ground to cast invisibility on you. Well, no, I want the potion in case like she comes back into the room or something happens, right? I mean, you would still have eight minutes of invisibility. That would be that's I a mean, lot of time. It would be good there. to have the potion just in case it takes a while to find it. That's true. So. Okay, so instead of sending Scram to go get a scroll of reduced person, I'll send like Hood and Tuck Tuck to go get a couple of, you know, potions of invisibility just to have in their back pocket in case you need it. Never hurts to have an oh shit button in a case like this. That sounds like a good plan. Yep. How much do those cost? 300 gold for second level potions. And those will give you three minutes of invisibility, right? Yes. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Here's the plan so far. Devoth goes in for his shift like normal. Mm Mm-hmm. Scram goes in asking to meet with Zarskia to negotiate poisons. Yep. Meanwhile, Tuck Tuck flies up to the third story room uh, to get in. Wild shapes into something tiny. Is invisible already because Cheryl cast invisibility on him before he went up. Right. Goes down to the second floor, second story landing. Waits for Zarskia to exit her uh, lab and just sneaks right past her. Yep. And then once inside the lab turns back into Tuck Tuck, opens up one of the windows, invisible hood, then walks up and into the window. The two investigate the lab and kind of improv out a window. there. Yeah. So, so we need to actually reverse the roles here because the brain is in the third floor window that we go in and he can see through the invisibility because he can sense thoughts. Now, he's seen hood already. He has no idea who Tuck Tuck is. Well, also, I, well, I'm going to be stealthier sneaking around to get into there to open the window, and then Tuck Tuck can just fly up to the window invisible, and we look around. Right. Well, my thinking, too, is it's more a matter of who's going to have the easier time getting into the room. I feel like a tiny... I think that would be me. A tiny wild-shaped well, Tuck Tuck would have an easier time than a small hood. By the room, you mean the lab. I wouldn't the even lab, need yeah. to be small. I could be invisible at that point. It's not going to take me eight minutes to get up the third floor and into her lab. Right. I'm just saying, like, you're basically you're... going to have to walk like walk through Zarskia's square. Yeah. Your window of get... time oh. to get into the lab is when she exits the lab before she closes the door. Yeah. My acrobatics is pretty good. And there's always here. <laughs> I'm just. But I'm going to be I'm going to be the size of a house cat, except I'm going to be a, a bird. I'm going to be an invisible bird. So I'm just going to be able to fly in over her head. Yeah. Um, and I would say another the the other thing we could do is instead of having Andrew or instead of having Tuck Tuck sneak in through the third floor, like he could turn into a bird, an invisible bird, and Scram could literally just like carry him in and just release him in the back hallway when he gets left alone. Yeah, but they wouldn't hear him flying. Well, I mean, again, this is you get a plus twenty to your stealth check when you're invisible. And that's almost entirely because they can't see you, not because they can't hear you. We could have Tuck Tuck Wild Shape into an owl, because owls are known for their soundless flying ability. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Graceful. <laughs> um, you, you, you still have an you get Wild Shape into like a barn owl. Brain. Those things are tiny. They are small. They're way smaller than you would think they would be. Yeah. How do we solve the issue of uh, the brain, though? We're not even going up to the third floor. Yeah, in that example, yeah, no. the brain's not even part of the... Uh, oh, that's equation. right. Okay. Beastmaster Scram is going to carry me in under his hat. All right. <laughs> um, sounds good to me, then. 
Who, what's, who, uh, <laughs> what's the contingency <laughs> plan if terrifying. we don't find any evidence in the lab? Contingency, contingency. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> again, if this goes well and we don't find any evidence, she's not going to know that anyone was even in her lab looking around. And, fr- and we can figure it out from there. If this goes sideways, we're going to have to deal with that when it happens. <laughs> but, like, it's probably going to involve some fighting. So, we need to do this when you're on shift. Yep. And then we should have a way for Cheryl shit goes down to get up that window. He should have, like, a potion of fly or something. Yeah, let me get or one spider of Spider climb. We can do that if you want. Just in case, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, either fly he or... He starts hearing guards yelling fe- and or shit. Or fall. Well, Featherfall is not going to help him get up. Oh, up. <laughs> no, no. But I think, yeah, either Featherfall from the ground to the ground. Feather e- either, yeah, either a potion of fly or spider climb. Either one of those would, would work. A uh, potion of fly will cost you 750. I'm guessing spider climb is a second level spell. Wait, 7 gold, 50 silver? No, 750 no. gold. 750 gold? Is Scram buying it? <laughs> I think Meryl should be supplying this stuff. Uh, yeah. The potion of Spider Climb is 300. Well, I'll climb rather than fly. It's coming out of my fucking paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I just bought a fucking case of poison for 450. You're telling me to get up to the... How about just a ladder? Just, I'll just get a ladder. <laughs> yeah, ladder didn't quite work last Yo, time. If you, if you get a ladder, but I can go there, invisible. Tom's going to kick your ass out before you can say, I found wait, 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 I wait, wait, wait. slide. <laughs> <laughs> but I can turn invisible. Yeah. So So you just need just a prop ladder. It's not so that you're gonna need to prepare invisibility at least three times. Well, at least right. twice along with your tattoo. Alright, I can do that. Also, how well, we're gonna carry a ladder up just in case. An invisible ladder. Rope! There you go. Tie the original to ladder. Just go get the the potion of spider climb. Alright. I'll go get a potion of spider climb. Because if shit goes sideways, I'm not sure me and Tuck Tuck are going to have the time to be like, all right, what am I going to tie this rope off to? Throw it up the window. Now, fun fact, you can cast invisibility on objects. Shut up. So, so you can Don't turn that ladder into a ladder. Shut your damn mouth. <laughs> We're back on the invisible ladder train. I mean, good luck climbing an invisible ladder. But... No problem. How but he's invisible, so, so it all works. Of all the things, that's the easiest one. Climbing a ladder that you just can't see. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. Instead of the potion of spider climb that just lets you walk up the wall. All right. I'm going to have to consult my deity on this one. <laughs> <laughs> when the moment smart. is right, I will consult my deity, and I will have both handy, and she will tell me which one to... So you're already going to... Oh, so I could... you'll have already spent the 300 gold on spider climbing? Exactly. Wait, wait, wait. Hold you're on, right, hold on. Right. I have stupid. a spell for you if you want instead of spider climb. Oh? I can cast spider climb and I also can cast air walk. So, like, I can just cast air walk on you. You can just walk up to the, to whatever floor you want to go to. Wow. And spider, spider climb is 10 minutes per level. So, yeah, you could cast that like an hour beforehand and still have plenty of time for that. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, do you guys all want it? Because I have communal spider climb. Oh, shrug. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> No, and don't you ever bring this up ever again. <laughs> that's fantastic. Dude, that's like, what if you hit four people with that? It's a thousand gold spell. More than that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... I think the plan is pretty clear. So that plan's going into effect for Devoth's next shift. Well, my next shift is going to be 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. Mm. So I would say probably the, either like the shift after that would then be... 2 p.m. to 10. The idea being you'd want Zarskia in the lab so she can be called out of the lab. Right. Okay. That'll give everybody a chance to like re-prepare all their spells, too. Exactly. Okay. So the plan is like tomorrow afternoon. Okay. So does anybody have plans for the rest of the day? Hey, Scram. Uh, yeah? I was wondering if you could make me a plus four headband of wisdom. Yeah, that should be uh, easy enough. Uh, it might take me a little bit, though. Roughly 16 days of downtime. Okay. Thanks. Okay, so Scram takes one eight-hour day of crafting to get started on that. And you guys proceed with this plan tomorrow around like 2.30 p.m.? Yeah, 2.33, somewhere in there. All right, so it's the next day. Devoth, you go in for your 2 p.m. shift. Indeed. Everybody else is in the area. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I assume... 
Scram, who is about to go in the front door, is in the front of the building with Tuck Tuck as an animal. Yeah. Now, Tuck Tuck is already invisible. Right. Right? So Cheryl... Yeah, so Cheryl would have cast invisibility on Tuck Tuck, who then turned into a tiny-sized animal and is hidden somewhere on uh, Scram's person. That's the plan. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, but then I'm assuming Cheryl and the Hood go around the backside of the building, and everybody currently has communal spider climb on them. Yep. Because that was Tuck Tuck's thing. He was going to cast that before turning into the animal, because it lasts for like an hour and a half. Okay. So, proceed. Scram, you enter the apothecary. Welcome to the Jasper the Apothecary. Oh, you're back. Hi. Uh, I have one last bit of business that I want to uh, deal with Sarskia on uh, something personal. Wait here. After a couple minutes, you are brought uh, into the back room. So, now that's two minutes out of the eight for Tuck Tuck's invisibility mm-hmm. right there. Now, looking at the map... Uh, you go into the back hallway, you take that left turn, and you go through the door into the back hallway. And then immediately on your right is that meeting room. So Tuck Tuck gets off of Cheryl right before Cheryl gets into the meeting room. Off of Scram. Off of Scram. Sorry, yes. Cheryl should be augmenting his god right now. Yes, I am. Yeah, you probably could have done this uh, in the morning before the mission started. Because it's what... uh. A ten minute until it's one no, minute until the next is one minute thing. Okay, one minute. Uh, is there any specific question you want to ask for asthma? Can I offer See, a suggestion? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> ask her if the evidence is in the laboratory. Okay, so oh, yeah, augury will tell you whether a particular action will bring good or bad results. Yeah, will so, searching the laboratory bring good or bad results? Well, you could yep. say I'm gonna search the laboratory. And then it'll is be that like, good or bad? Yeah. yeah, it'll be good or it'll be bad or it'll be both or I don't know. So fucking mantics. Oh, that's another thing. Your augury went up another percent, so yeah, now a seventy-eight percent chance for it to be an accurate. Yep. Phrasma says wheel. The action will ah. probably bring good results. Yes, yes. I let everyone know that Phrasma is uh, says all systems are go, and also that I got a sick healing buff on myself. <laughs> I don't let just them know in that, case it just... doesn't. <laughs> right, that the sounds bad. I don't say plan. that. Yeah, don't say that. But that Rasmus says happens. we're good to go, and I'm all set in case we're not. <laughs> all right, so uh, Devoth, today, today you're up on the second floor landing. Nice, good for you. So a guard shouts up, "Visitor for Zarskia," and uh, Devoth, you can knock on the door. Does he say, does he give the name or just says visitor for Zarskia? Yeah, I guess he'd say, he'd probably say something like, that scram kid's back for Zarskia. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be the one. I'll go up and knock on the door. Okay. Tuck, tuck. I want a fly check from you to maneuver into these, this door. A 22. That sounds good to me. So Zarskia exits the lab and the door opens and then the door closes. Devoth, you have no way to know. If Tuck Tuck is in there or not. Yep. I'm just going to trust my little bird, man. My little good luck charm. Okay. So, Tuck Tuck, you are now inside the laboratory. Benches and work tables hold alembics, crucibles, glass tubing, and other assorted alchemical accoutrements. All right. Well, I'm going to unbirdify and pop open the window so the hood can pop up in here. Great. Uh, And then I'll finish with the rest of my flavor text. Bubbling reagents, colorful chemicals, and jars of powders cover the workshop areas. In the middle of the north wall is an old hearth, its opening bricked up with mortared stones. The astringent odor of disinfectant hangs in the air. Okay, so Tuck Tuck goes and opens the window. It is locked, but it's a simple enough task to unlock it. Seeing the window open, I would turn to Cheryl and say, lay that sweet, sweet invisibility on me. I zap him with invisibility. And I climb up the window. Okay. Can I start uh, my perception check to scour the room? Absolutely. What's your perception check? A 34. Very nice. All right, Hood, why don't you give me one when you get up there? 19. All right, so between the two of you, here's what you find. Well, first things first, uh, the alchemical components in comprehensive alchemist lab here, uh, if you were to get them out, are worth a total of 1,000 gold. But they weigh 125 pounds in total, so probably not 
something you want to do right now. Hanging on the wall next to the western door is a key and a magical wand. It's the magical wand. Detect magic and give me spellcraft. Check. Okay. Lambo. A 24 spellcraft. It is a wand of expeditious excavation. You can tell that it has only nine charges left. You know, the expeditious excavation disperses a five-foot cube of earth, soils, or dirt. Okay. So kind of like Minecraft, or uh, yeah, Minecraft, like... Removes a block and put you can put it somewhere else. Yeah, except it like oh. automatically like disperses it evenly in an area. Then you also find a sealed chest, a latched iron strong box. You find a reinforced brass tin. You find a vial of something, a small sealed bottle holding something, <laughs> three flasks of something, and a jar holding something. I'm going to deal with all of the somethings, but first I'm going to give the key to the hood and talk to him about, do you want to try and open up some of them boxes? I would definitely go right on that. Alright, we'll Um, split the work. Can I make a perception or equivalent check to see if any of them look like they're trapped? Sure, perception. I rolled a 23. I rolled a 14. Uh, Neither of you are detecting any traps. Uh, You also find a steel box, uh, which is not locked contains some notes and observations about Zarsky's alchemical experiments. I'm going to snag those. Okay. The first entry is written in... What languages do you speak? Common, Tengu, Druidic, and Aqua. Okay. So it is written in a foreign tongue that you cannot identify. Like, And then it's just like a whole bunch of like miscellaneous like alchemical notes, observations, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the last entry describes uh, her work cultivating mandragoras for... Free Pirate, Big Blue Blue. And in total, uh, between the numerous chests, cabinets, shelves, and pallets, there's a total of two points of plunder of raw materials. Oh, snap. I mean, not something we're going to be able to take out of here right now, but if we come back to raid the place, (laughs) hell yes. Did those keys unlock anything? The keys did not unlock any of the locked things in that room. Do you want to start picking locks then, or do you want me to start identifying liquids? I mean, you uh, can <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, but we can only talk to the DM one at a time. <laughs> I guess I would start with lock picking. Uh, was that disabled device? Yeah. Not particularly good at that. 21. Why don't you guys just give me uh, some craft alchemy checks so I can, like, actually tell you some of the things that you find instead of just saying you find something? I don't Ooh. have craft alchemy. I forgot right. the hood is actually a crafter. You're... And just nat 20 yeah. that craft check. You're fine, Tuck Tuck. Uh, <laughs> so, Hood, you. You're able to identify everything you find in here. So the, ch- the sealed chest has multiple partitions, and there are three doses of ID moss. ID moss is a poison. It's an ingested poison. It's got an onset of 10 minutes, and then it goes. Uh, it ticks once per minute for six minutes, uh, and each tick deals 1d3 intelligence damage. What? <laughs> Damn. Oh, 1d3 intelligence? How many ticks is it? Six ticks. Once per minute. Oh my god. So what happens if your intelligence hits zero? You're comatose. One successful save cures you of everything, and it's a DC 14. So it's not super dangerous, but that's certainly... You can give that to somebody who's just not intelligent, or uh, and just be like, well, if they take 2d3 intelligence damage, like, are they going to be comatose? Like, right, get, right. get, oh, I don't know, a magical beast to eat it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like a kitty. Like a kitty. Also in this sealed chest is a pouch of dried sassone leaves, which can be turned into four doses of sassone leaf residue with a successful craft alchemy check. Uh it's a contact poison. Uh onset of 1 minute, and then it ticks once per minute for 6 minutes. So the first tick deals 2d12 hit point damage, and then each tick after that is one con damage. Wow. Uh, it's a DC 16 fortitude save, so it's a bit tougher. And again, it's it's in its like raw uh, component uh, form right now, so you, you would still need to convert it into that poison, but it's there. So that was in the the stored chest. Uh, then you got the latched iron strong box. Give me a disabled device check for that. 20. Okay. Uh, you've got six flasks of acid, four flasks of alchemist fire, two vials of antitoxin, 
three smokesticks, two tanglefoot bags, and four thunderstones. Uh, the reinforced brass tin, which you were already able to open. All the somethings, I'll tell you that now. You've got a salve of slipperiness. It's just lube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. Substance provides a plus 20 confidence bonus on all escape artist checks and combat maneuver checks made to escape a grapple. Uh, also grants a plus 10 confidence bonus to the wearer's CMD for the purpose of avoiding grapple attempts. Uh, in addition, such obstructions as web, magical, or otherwise do not affect an anointed individual. Magic ropes and the like do not avail against this salve. If it is smeared on a floor or on steps, the area should be treated as long as a long-lasting grease spell. The salve requires eight hours to wear off normally, or it can be wiped off with an alcohol solution, even wine. Salve of slipperiness is needed to coat the inside of a container meant to hold sovereign glue. Uh, then you got a small sealed bottle holding an ounce of sovereign glue. So... Sovereign glue is just really, really sticky glue. It's pretty much the exact opposite of salve slipperiness. Three flasks of ungent of timelessness. Yeah, when applied to any matter that was once alive, such as wood paper or a dead body, this ointment allows that substance to resist the passage of time. Each year of actual time affects a substance as if only a day had passed. The coated object gains a plus one resistance bonus on all saving throws. The ungent never wears off, although it can be magically removed by dispelling the effect, for instance. One flask contains enough material to coat eight medium or smaller objects. A large object counts as two medium objects, etc., etc. Finally, in this brass tin is a jar holding five uses of universal solvent. So far, I wouldn't take any of this stuff. Yeah, the idea here is to only kind of take what we're looking for and yeah. try to not leave a trace of what we're doing. So, like, unless this is something super rare and, like, ultra valuable, it's just not worth mm. the risk of blowing the cover. Yeah, so that's pretty much... Everything that you find in this room. Most of it is just some odd out poisons. Then you got some generic like combat alchemical weapons like acid, alchemist fire, etc. And then you've got And then you some... got your uh, solvents for getting high. Your paint thinners, your universal <laughs> solvents. I know what you do in your lab. The only thing you haven't identified yet is that first entry in Zarskia's notes which is written in some other language now when tuk tuk did detect detect magic was the wand the only thing that showed up as magical assuming alchemical things don't detect as magic yes that is the only thing that detected as magic i wonder what this key is for we don't see anything in the room that looks like a key would go to it no although hood you do remember finding a locked door on the third floor yeah, it was her bedroom. Yes. That is something that may or may not uh, come to Hood's mind. Like that's, That is like the only locked door that you can think of that you've encountered. That doesn't mean it definitely goes to that. But... True. It sounds like you'd use the wand to hide something, right? Am I understanding the spell correctly? Maybe. And judging by the fact that it's only got nine charges left means it's probably been used frequently to do something like that. Is there anything in the room that looks like it might have been like... A surprisingly clean square patch of wall. Nothing like that. And the wand could only target, like, earth or dirt. Uh -huh. So is there any disturbed dirt on the floor? No. I feel bad. I feel we're bringing this up because I'm not the one in the room, but bear in mind that you guys are now, you are aware that the, the only two ways to the basement are trapped. The door from the kitchen to the basement is trapped, and Hood... The plans that you recovered show that that chute that goes from, like, the roof down to the basement is also trapped. Basements traditionally have earth floors. Mm, so it sounds like we gotta get to there. Last time I did something, and it wasn't pre-disproved by Delato, I got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of tempted to just say we leave, but then we're going to go through all this again. Yep. And it but didn't really also... cost you any resources. You could just do it all again. Yeah, but what's Scram going to be getting this time? Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna cut. We're gonna cut back to Scram in a minute. Oh God, <laughs> we didn't forget about you, buddy. I guess the question is, do we try and go for the basement now? I didn't get yelled at by Devolf, so I would be down to go if you were like, "Let's go." All right, but if let's you, do it. but also if you were like, "Nah, let's not go," I'd agree with you because I didn't get chewed out. You did. <laughs> I would say let's go for it, and if we find the evidence and I still get punished, I'm off this boat. 
No, that's fair. Oh, you're going to test my allegiance. Uh, you, no, you can stay if you want, but I wasn't sold on the crew, and Devoth was the only thing keeping me there, and now he's a huge dick, so. <laughs> so, between the two of you, decide, let's go check out the basement. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Just to clarify, the chute is the chimney, and every like mantle in the house has been bricked up so far. Except according to the plans that you got out of the bedroom on the third floor for inside of Zarskia's bedroom. Okay, so, ooh, but what if the key doesn't go to Zarskia's bedroom? That's the trick. I was thinking we could go right out the window, shut it behind us, walk up. And what was the trap at the bottom of the chimney? Uh, it was unidentified. It just said there's a trap in the chute, but it did it, not go into detail what it was. And it didn't identify where in the chute, just that there's a trap in the chute. Like a trap was installed in the chute, like it was like a it was like a blueprint almost, but it didn't go over what the trap was. It just was concerned with like the, stru- the structural design of the chute. So then I guess the options are: do we try to get to the to our bedroom and go down the chute with disarming the trap, or do we try and sneak our way to the door, which isn't that also trap? The door is trapped, and it's from the kitchen down there. So like it would involve. Opening a door somehow without somebody noticing, because uh, there's no windows that lead into the kitchen. Whereas you could go out a window from here, enter the cerebic fungus room through a window, and then it'd be it's just a, an easy trip down the hallway to Zarsky's room. My vote would be for that, and then drop something down the chute to see if it sets the trap off, so then we can go down after it. Okay, let's cut to Scram. Oh, We're going back in time a little bit. You are put in the special meeting room. A minute goes by, and Zarskia enters. She says, Scram! Good afternoon! What brings you back to my apothecary? Another business proposal? Yeah, actually. Uh, you know, a couple days you seemed like a, like I was kind of pushing your limits. I, I decided I was uh, gonna try asking this question a little bit later. Uh, I... Uh, I actually motion to take a seat, uh, before she does. She takes a seat. Okay. Uh, I sit down too. I have a proposal for you if you're, if you're up for an interesting trade. I'm listening. Well, so that, uh, that Camadan, it, it didn't really kind of leave my mind. I, I, I've, I've thought about this, uh, since our meeting, uh, and, uh, I I was wondering, is there any way that I could possibly procure a uh, some venom from this uh, Camden? You said that you uh, milk it. Scram! I thought uh, the whole reason for our last meeting was so you could learn about this creature to summon it. You can summon them yourself. Couldn't you just milk it yourself? Make a spellcraft check. Uh, seventeen. You're not sure if she's just ignorant to how summoning works, or if she's testing you. But you would know milking a summoned creature would not work. Okay. Uh, I go, uh, well, uh, out of all the animals I've, that I've kind of studied, any sort of uh, thing that comes from said summoned creature doesn't stick around uh, after the spell ends. Hmm. My mistake. Well, I certainly do milk Shimmeray on a regular basis. Her venom is very useful. I've never made her poison commercially available, partly because she's so precious to me, and also because I don't like to broadcast that I have such a creature in my apothecary. And I don't blame you. Uh, the creature that you have, I, you know, I, I wouldn't advertise to the rest of the world, um, but it, it fascinates me in, in such a way. I, uh, if you want me to get to this uh, trade pr- uh, proposition uh, and see if I can hold your interest. I suppose for the right price, I would be willing to part with some of Shimmeray's venom. Uh, I brought something pretty, uh, pretty interesting, and I thought that you, uh, you might appreciate it. Um, I don't know if you're a spellcaster or anything like that. Uh. But I have one of these rods that uh, allows you to cast silently. 
even even if you don't do such a thing, they do go for a pretty coin. May I see it? I place it on the table. She takes a look at it. She says, I see. Well, my proclivities are not in spellcasting. They're more alchemical, if you will. But you're right, it does have market value. I can part with some of Shimmeray's venom in exchange for this rod and two magical scrolls. Eh, I understand that you want more magical scrolls. Uh, the problem comes that I, uh, I believe that this is worth your time and worth your investment. You should do an appraise check, Tom, to see if that value actually lines up, right? Yeah. Instead of just taking right. her word. Yeah. I guess I should. How uh, do you know she's not just scamming an extra two scrolls out Right. You? Can I make an appraise check on that? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a 33. I mean, if you're just asking for, like, a dose of this Camadan's venom weighed against this silent metamagic rod, like, not even knowing, like, the specifics of this venom. Like the duration, the potency, et cetera, et cetera. It is a more than fair trade. You know that any increased value she's putting on the venom is coming from sentiment and discretion. Sure. But feel free to counterclaim. Uh I I do cross my arms and kind of like lean back in my chair like uh like I'm a little bit uh insulted by that. I, you know, I I don't let it show like I'm disinterested, but I do let it show like you you're aware that that seems like a really steep price. Right. And I've already played around this game a little bit. Mm-hmm. So with uh all due fairness as uh I, I I'm very aware uh I'm very happy that I have your uh you know I have your attention here, but at the same time uh you know me uh, creating these spells, uh, I've already handed you off three, uh, and you know me asking for maybe a vial, you know, or whatever you're willing to, uh, whatever you're willing to hand out. Um, Tom, you can't kiss ass while you're trying to call someone a liar. Uh, well, I got to be careful here because if I just uh, insult her and she leaves the room, then she's going back up to where you guys are. That's why he's stringing these sentences on as long yeah. as he can. Yeah. He's been practicing <laughs> the entire campaign. Right. <laughs> the entire campaign has led Scram to this moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're, while it doesn't insult me, I'm certainly uh, kind of taken aback uh, the level of trust here. Uh, she holds up a, a finger for silence. Okay. She says... Very well. Let's speak of trust. Here's my new offer. Scram, the beast master. Why don't you give me the metamagic rod and tell me the real reason why you came into my apothecary two days ago. And we'll see you next week. No! Tom, <laughs> what have you done? Oh, no! Call down! Oh, shit. See ya. See ya. See ya. Thanks, hey, Fresma. Also... Just wondering. Um, <laughs> Fresma, stop wasting my time, you asshole. <laughs>